listening to She's a Powerhouse. My name is Holly Calloway, and I'm here to share with you some stories of ordinary women who have done some extraordinary things in hopes that you'll get comfortable being uncomfortable, be okay with pushing your boundaries, and do some extraordinary things yourself. All right, y'all, welcome back to another episode of She's a Powerhouse. Today, we have Michelle Russ, who owns the roofing company here in upstate South Carolina. I met her through... um, friends, really, uh, as we were doing the getting ready and scheduling of speakers for the Shattered Glass Symposium, her name up came up so many times that we couldn't figure out why the heck we didn't already know each other. <laughs> it's just an amazing first meeting. Um, but she is an absolute badass who owns a massive company here in the upstate um, in a men's field, if we're honest. And uh, I love hearing her story. I can't wait to share her story with you as well. So Michelle, welcome to She's a Powerhouse. How are you this morning, afternoon? What is it? I don't know what time. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Can you tell us about, first of all, the roofing company, tell us about your company. If, if anybody hasn't heard, um, about it specific, first of all, I love that it's called just the roofing company. It's brilliant. Tell us about the roofing company. So the roofing company is about four years old now, um, this October to be four years old. And we started, I started out in the back of my house. Um, I was partnered with, so we'll go back to the very beginning as my trade. Um, and what I actually went to school for was accounting. Um, and I realized that I did not want to be an accountant. It sat behind a desk and it wasn't any action to it. It was a lot of numbers, which I was really good at. Um, but it wasn't something that I thoroughly enjoyed. And I really liked, you know, to be around people. So fast forward um, many, many years and decided, Hey, I'll take, you know, an office management job, doing the bookkeeping, doing the front end, kind of doing a good bit of everything with a roofing company. Uh, within two years, I made partnership on that roofing company. Um, fast forward 15 years, um, that partnership fell apart and, uh, I walked away with every employee that they had, um, the, the doors closed on that company and decided that, hey, let's just figure out how to do it on our own. I knew how to run it. I knew how to do it. And we started out all those people in the back of my office. Um, the back of my house was our little office. And we, I mean, we just started off and we, the first year we did 450,000. Um, the second year we did, um, oh, wow. We doubled we doubled and this is our fourth year. We're, we're closing about 8 million this year um, in sales. That's amazing. Um, so when your company closed, how did you, <laughs> what in your brain went, yeah, let's just do this. Like, what was it that clicked that went, I am perfectly capable. We're going to make this work. I know it's going to be okay, even though I'm going to do it out of the back of my house. Uh, to be honest with you, I was scared to death, but I knew I had to do it. Um, it was more of, I'm not going to let this take me down. Um, it was more of a survival mode more than it was just, Hey, I got to have it. Uh, it was, it was definitely, um, another path in my life that took me to pure, pure exhaustion. At the same time, it was just, it was drive. It it was, it was a lot that I had just had to dig deep and say, Hey, if I'm going to do this now, it's the time to do it. I'm scared to death. I know I'm not going to do it, you know, um, and probably make millions, but I'm going to do it because I had a lot of people on my back. Uh, and I was actually just talking to someone earlier today and said, I didn't start out to, to do it for money. Um, the reality of it is, is I started out because a lot of people needed me. 
um, and I held up a lot of families and that's, that's how it originally started mm-hmm. as where, Hey, if, if I go, I mean, I could go get a job making, you know, good corporate money. Um, but the reality of it is I have to lose a lot of people that I had built, um, in the environment and, you know, their families relied on me essentially. So I had, I had to do it. That, yeah, there's nothing, there's no better driver than survival. Like right. there's, no, there's nothing better to push you forward and like, just not think about it. Well, and honestly, like that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Like if I don't do this, I'm not going to be able to put a roof over my head. And that's an issue is that first like push. Right. And then once you get beyond that, you can kind of get to the other pieces of it. But man, do I feel that? And all those people that relied on you and the fact that you were able to do that. Speaking of jobs, what was the last job you had outside of that partnership working? Um, uh, before that, before that, I was a mortgage broker. Um, before that, I was a little bit in real estate, kind of steered around the trades. Um, and I did accounting, I did bookkeeping. Um, I've done quite a bit, quite a bit of a lot of different ends and hadn't really found my niche on what I just absolutely love until I hit roofing. And I say that because it brought out a little bit different something in me. One was I knew my numbers. I knew how to run a company. I knew how to run a business because it was something that I'm really good at. But the other side of it is it gave me a uh, passion to where I could seriously just drive into a man's industry and show them like who's boss and how to do it in a, in an atmosphere that's classy, um, that's unexpected. Um, and I did it very well. Yeah. I love that. I don't know what it is about being able to, I'm with you a hundred percent all the time. I talk about being the only woman at so many tables, right? I walk in and they, they ask me to take notes or get coffee and I'm like, no, I don't, that's okay. I'd rather not. Um, and then floor them with what I know. And I'm like, why do you think that like my ovaries mean that I don't understand what you understand and that I can't just do it as well as you, if not better. And there's something about that, that just, I don't know. I suppose it's a human nature thing to want to prove somebody wrong, but knowing yeah. that knowing that you're going to go in with more against you than, you know, somebody of the opposite gender would is just, that's so empowering and such a beautiful thing. Um, when you were going through, um, we've touched a little bit on your personal story and I think it's insanely powerful. So I really want to dive into that just a little bit, because when we talk about the differences in men and women, this kind of, I mean, it does come up. It's not something as many men struggle with in business. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I feel like societally we would need to have a massive shift to keep it kind of from happening again. But tell me, and from happening as often as it does, tell me a little bit about yourself, the company that you were working for prior and, um, that relationship with your ex-husband and your daughters. And, and that story is so just the first time you told me I was sitting in a food line parking lot, I think with just goosebumps (laughs) everywhere. And I was like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Tell that like let people know what you've gone through. Because if you look on the, on the end of where you're at $8 million in sales in your fourth year in this massive company, you're obviously a badass. You can walk into a room with all dudes and hold your ground. And you like, for those of you who aren't seeing her, I'm seeing her. She's like gorgeous woman who does shit the way a woman does shit and gets it done to have gone through what you've gone through. I think that's the piece of it where everybody goes, well, except she would never understand, or I can't do it because X, Y, Z, but like you did it with all of these obstacles in the way. So tell us a little bit about that. So um, I was actually talking to someone earlier and they asked me one of the same questions, um, getting ready to go ahead and speak. And 
my story is one of a little bit of classic Southern woman, I would have to say. Um, a little bit of renegade gone bad, um, which was um, I was raised on the oldest girl of nine kids. Um, my And my father's a, basically a, a, a pastor and he's an evangelist. Um, grew up in the, you know, the, the, the light of men are the ones that take care of the women. The women are the ones that serve the men and they stay home and they take care of their children. Um, and that's, that's how I was raised. That's what was drilled into my mind. I can remember at a very young age thinking I have learned, I will learn to be quiet because I don't agree because you never verbally disagree. So I did that. Um, we moved states and I'm, I say I'm from South Georgia just because it's the longest I grew up, which was about seven years, uh, in one state before we moved to South Carolina. And I got married at 18 um, and I married my ex-husband. Uh, he was physically and mentally abusive. And I was married to him for 16 years. Um, and I have two daughters out of it. One is 25 and one is 23. And many, many things I went through through abusive relationship. Um, I can tell you it's probably one of the hardest things I ever did was being able to come out of it um, realizing my worth or having my children realize their mother's worth. Um, when you're constantly verbally told you're not good enough, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never do this. You'll never do that. Um, and it is, it is something you have to learn how to dig deep. You have to learn how to, no one else can tell you what to do. No one else can be there for you. You essentially have to be there for yourself and you figure out a lot about who you are and what really you're made of inside. And whether you've got it or not, uh, it's very, it's really, really easy, um, really easy to go ahead and just sit back and say, hey, it's life. Life, give me this. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just do what I can do. I can't do anything else. But it's digging deep and really just going, hey, I've got to go at it because if I don't, my girls are going to roll through this the same way. And then I'm going to have two girls and I'm the cause of it. Um, and it took it took a lot, a lot of a lot of pain. Um, like I was telling a, a lady earlier is it'll take you to your knees. Um, if you don't realize, you know, that you're on your knees for a moment and you get back up and it is, it is a powerful power thing to, to be on your knees and realize it's there for prayer. And then you get back up. Um, and that's, that it's, a, it's one day at a time. A lot of times, one moment at a time, you cannot think too far into the future because it can bog you down, um, a good bit. Oh, I love that so much that you're, you're on your knees for a moment and then back up because there's nothing wrong with a pain that takes you to your knees like that. Mm -hmm. That shouldn't be the thing that takes you out, but to know that it can't keep you forever and how powerful you get to be on the other side of that. That's absolutely phenomenal. So your daughters work with you in the company, correct? Um, my oldest, my oldest daughter does not, but her husband works for me. He's Amazing. I love this. Yes. Awesome. And my, my second daughter, she does work for me. Um, and she is my production manager's assistant. Um, and she works with me daily. Um, and I'm telling you, I couldn't be more proud of both of them and how far they've grown from, I mean, all of us, you know, we, it's almost, and, and I'm married, I'm remarried again. And I have two very small children. I've got a five-year-old and a three-year-old. Oh, I'm just now potty training. So fun. Woo. So <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's very different in an older age having young ones. Um, sure. but 
they keep, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's two different families. It really is because a lot of the, you know, my younger ones will never understand the trials and tribulations that I've been through as were my older girls. They lived it. They breathed it. Um, they understand fear at a different degree than a lot of people will ever understand fear. And the strength that that I hate, I hate silver linings. I like that when people are like, Oh, but look what you learned. But yep. Ha- being somebody who's been through similar enough situations to go, okay, but I wouldn't understand the things I do had I not yep. been pushed to that boundary, right? Had I not been pushed to that edge, I wouldn't know what it's like to come back from that. And there's, there's so much life, right? On the other side of that, having been there. And, and it is, it is a different story. And I'm with you. I hope my kids never understand, right? Like yep. and we all want to save our kids from pain right? We all want to yep. save, save our kids from the terrible things. And I really hope they get to, you know, never, never know what that was like. However, I'm not mad. I went through it at the end of the day. Yep. Like I'm, I'm, it's, it was, it was beneficial. It is. And it, and I often think people will ask me too, do you wish you had never done that? Do you wish you could go back and change it? And I always look them straight in the face and I say, no, not at all, because I would not be who I am today. Um, to be able to teach some of the women that work for me, you know, some of the lessons that I've learned and some of the things that I can understand without a shadow of a doubt that they're going through. Um, when they move halfway across the country to come work for me, it's a soul wrenching, um, you know, it's, it's inside me when I understand that I know without them telling me verbally what they're going through, I feel it, I sense it and they know it and they're drawn to me. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's a lot of the women that I work with, you know, that have all been through a similar situation or are currently going through a similar situation. And it's, and it's, and it's able to pull them out of the depths sometimes and say, Hey, I've been there. Just hang on just one more day. Just close your eyes and go to bed right now and wake up. It's a different day. Um, sometimes it's just the small moments that just take you back um, mm-hmm. instantly. But someone, I can remember when I was in the heat of it um, in my divorce I remember sitting outside on my on my dad's porch and I remember thinking, man, and by the way, I had left my husband, my ex-husband three times um, and went back, you know, every time. And I was on my third time and I remember sitting on his back porch going, man, I just don't know if I could do this again. And I'm, I'm just tired. I'm, you know, you're, you're, you're battling emotions. And when you're 90 percent mental versus physical, um, it's a lot, it's a lot in your head. It's in your mind. It's something that you cannot just go ahead and say, ah, I'm out, you know, and Ooh, that was a lot, you know, I can't see the physical it's mental. It's in your head. And when they beat you down so far where you can't do this, you're not good enough and all that, that that's verbally steady. You start believing it. And I remember my dad looked at me and he told me, he said, do you realize that, I've, um, he said, the statistics are 90% of women never get out of a mental abusive relationship. And I remember that struck me and I never would let him see that strike me the way it did, but it struck me. And I said, Whoa, I'm the 10%. That's it. That was, that was, that was the moment that I knew I could not in any way, shape or form go backwards because I had to be different in some way. <laughs> so it was digging deep, boy, it was day to day at times, but it, it was well worth it. And it's something that I would not, like to go through again, but it definitely is, it's changed who I am. Absolutely. And only the opportunity for you to provide a respite for other women. Again, I think there are some people who are just 
as much as it sucks, our, our job is to go through this stuff so we can look at somebody else and go, come on, you can do it. I did it. I know you can. Right. And that's, it's not everybody. And it's, you know, it's for, it's not for everybody, but if it is for you and you see that and you, you see it and you claim it right for people who can see it and claim it and go, you know what? There had to be a reason there had to be a reason. And if that reason is I can look at you and say, I understand what you're going through and I want you to come with me because there is something on the other side of this. That is so flipping powerful just in humanity, right? It is. How amazing, how amazing all of that is. Um, so gosh, I'm just, whew, I'm fine. I'm not choked up at all. I'm so good. I'm so good. <laughs> I know. Some, moments, some days are better uh, than others. You, right? You've got, the, you've got to step outside the moment sometimes. I know it. And and getting into, again, when I say, like, I really want women to relate to this, like, I want the women who do relate to this to hear it and feel it. I want the women yeah. who are in that to see it and go, okay, but if they can, so can I. Like, that's, that's the yep. whole point. And so it, and it does really sometimes like catch me up to go, okay, like we're doing good things. You're doing amazing things. And that, and beyond when they said, you should talk to Michelle Rush, she owns the roofing company. And I was like, oh, cool. Like a woman in a, in a dude's industry. That's awesome. And then the more I know your story, the more I'm like, oh, it is so much more than that. Like it just (laughs) hits and it sinks and it's beautiful. And it's so beautiful. And I love it so much. So in, in the process of, okay, so we went from I'm going to, I'm going to swing over and switch gears in the process of going from a $400,000 a year to an $8 million a year. What are the biggest hurdles that you found yourself jumping? Like that sounds like just like roaring success. Everything was easy. We just got in, got some momentum when we weren't running, but surely there have been things along the way that have like really kind of been that like stumbling block for you. What have those things been in this last company? Oh man, it's, it is always something. And I'm, you know, <laughs> I deal with mentors, I deal with coaches, um, constantly people trying to help me business, personal leadership, like lots of different how you how you develop to grow because your company can only grow as where um, to the full potential of where you are. Oh, um, girl, say that again. One more time. That is powerful. One more stuff. time. One your time. company can only grow as far as you. I mean, that, oh, that's the so truth, though. And yeah. I've realized that more and more. And I always would, years ago, I would hit two million and hit two million and go, man, I'm working harder this year and harder this year. Why can't I hit, like, go past that? Um, and there's multiple, multiple reasons, multiple reasons around it. But it is very true is you have to grow. So in order for you to grow, you have to get in there and get in the trenches and in the trenches and you have to figure it out. You have to hit your knees again multiple times and failure and build on that failure as far as your successes. Um, And a lot of my failures, I look at the time they were happening. They were big failures. Um, And when you deal in big money, it's big, big failures. But at the same time, it is it is so key to your growth because what you do is you learn from it. And if you don't learn from it, you're going through it again. <laughs> and you're going to go through it worse. <laughs> you're going to um, keep doing it. The universe is like, um, you have things to learn now. Please have don't, things please to don't learn try to skip again. this one. Let me, let me show you again. It's going to mm. constantly do that. So one of my biggest, one of my biggest lessons I'll have to say is, um, is culture, is your people, is if you cannot build a solid foundation, you cannot grow. Um, and that is where I go back to, if you're not growing, you're dying. Um, so your company's only going to go as far as you know how to grow, which means if you can't offload responsibility, you can't grow departments, you can't grow teams. They can't offload the responsibility to where you can grow and you can take on more and you're in this rat race and you're constantly spinning these wheels. Um, and so that was one of my 
my biggest things that I learned before I opened the roofing company was teams meant a lot. People mean a lot. And solid people mean a lot. Loyalty. Um, and, and teaching them what you know, regardless of if they will leave you or not. Um, and it's learning so how to trust when you've been hurt so bad in a past relationship. That was probably one of my biggest hurdles. It still, it still nags at me slightly when I go into um, people I don't know when I hire them. I go, oh, man, you could do this. And I have to, I have to mentally stop it. Stop. You know, you have to trust because if you can't trust, you can't grow. So, yes, if they do what? Guess what? It's your competition that you just trained. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. There's nothing. You're going to scale up. You're going to do it. You know, you're going to show them, you know, how to do it better or you're going to do this. And so it's constantly happened to talk myself out of it. Um, I would say uh, growth in, in people and in teams, culture. And then I would say know your numbers. Um, and that is really, really big for me because I am a bookkeeper and accountant by trade. It's something that I, I am narrowed down and I have to know my numbers and not just knowing them, knowing where they're going. Um, are you seeing a scale up? Are you seeing a scale down? Are you seeing a consistency? Um, and I always just go back to, you know, I'm a big quote person, but go back to the quote, if you're not growing, you're dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the same for a company. So you can scale back and regrow. Or you can go ahead and consistently grow, which means that it can mean growth on many different ends, but it's constantly growing because if not, you're dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I take a lot of those, you know, quotes that a lot of people just throw out. And I literally like to dissect them. Like, how did you come up with that quote? And how is that assessed this, this, and this? Um, because I'm a very structured person by nature, it makes a lot of sense to me that goes, oh, that's what that meant. Um so I would say that's probably two of the biggest things on first growing is probably some of that. I love that, like faith in people and just that trusting, even though, you know, they could, because I know a lot of people who spend a lot of energy worrying about, I mean, of course, have a nice solid non-compete clause, if that's a thing that you can hold up or whatever, just to have a form. But at the end of the day, yeah, they might leave. And then what? And at the end of the day, Okay. Like you taught them everything they know. So, you know, every place they're going to make, you know, how they're going to run their company, whatever. I still have that issue when I hire, I don't even coach anymore. Like we do strategy, but I don't one-on-one coach almost anybody. Um, and I still struggle when like business coaches want to come work with us. And I'm like, God, there's so much in here that's proprietary or that we came up with, or like it's our system or whatever. And there's nothing stopping you from paying, you know, your hundred bucks a month for six months. And then you got the cheapest, you know, $600 program for you to go to make your own millions on in it. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you that, that, that is a struggle, but at the same time, it's big. at that, at the same time, I could also, you know, look at that and go, I'm going to put full trust in you and then assume that you're going to join the team because yep. that's what I would do and, for you. And, so. and people feel it too, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. they, feel it. And then they go, Oh, well, what don't you like to expose me? And it starts the relationship off for almost a tip for tap. Let me get you. I got that, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's constantly watchful, um, which isn't healthy on either end. And it's either cool it or open up, you know, and I'm always one to go, all right, should I do that? Should I not? Um, Because there's a lot of proprietary information. I've been in the roofing industry for 16 years, and it is a lot that I know and a lot of years of hard work that I've put into processes and spreadsheets and details that if I open them up, then, yeah, you can figure out how to do it. Um, But in the same sense, 
I mean, if you don't, you're constantly doing everything and then you cannot grow. And it's that, um, it's that weird, like leaving that mask on is such a weird energy expenditure. Like it's such a, it's almost like having to remember the lies you've told, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's almost that same like chesty feel for me is like, yep. oh gosh, what did I tell them and not tell them? How much of this am I supposed to give away and not give away? And at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, what's easier. Just never telling a lie. Like just yep. always, <laughs> not that Be like keeping up. things from them is, is lying. Right. But like, yep. I'm just going to tell you what I know. You do what you want with it it's not the end of the world if you use it or you take it or whatever, but like, and at the, in the same vein, it would take a while for somebody to learn all 16 years of your information. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. there that, are so many nuances my, to that. Like, <laughs> yep. Yeah. I give myself peace with that. Cause it actually came up the other night. I was, I was talking to my husband and I said, we had a huge job that we got underbid on two years ago. Quick story. And, um, I remember one of the presidents of the HOA stood up and told the lady that made the decision, said, I'm going to call it XYZ company because I don't really want to bring up the company I worked for before. But he, he said specifically, well, Michelle trained this guy with XYZ. So we're going to go with $100,000 cheaper because he taught her. She taught him everything he knows. And we're going to get the best because she's the one that trained him. And we'll get a hundred thousand dollars cheaper. Two years ago, to now this you know last couple months, I actually get a phone call, and they want me to come in and repair <laughs> the whole 36, 35 apartment complexes. And why is it? Because it's because you can teach everything you know, but that doesn't mean that person is picking up everything you're throwing out. Yeah, and it's just like, hey, you know, it's happened to me twice, and it's like, well, you thought because I trained that person that they had my expertise and my knowledge and my judgment and everything else, but they're not me, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So it it does give you, you know, the satisfaction too, and that's part of confidence, which is part of growth, you know, especially mm-hmm. when you've been brought down on so many levels mentally, confidence-wise, you know, that takes you to a different level, and it's like, no, you can't be me, and I know my worth now. Which is such a beautiful thing. Oh, just to hear that come out of anybody's mouth. Anybody's mouth. Yep. I have a, my, my assistant is 18 years old. Uh, and the other day he said, I really like me right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you have no this- idea how many leaps and bounds of so many humans you yes. are right yes. now. I was like, it took me until I was 30, 30 years old to think. I think I like me. Like, I think I like who this person is. And I said, at 18, you have no idea how much of a leg up you have on the rest of the world just by liking yourself. Like how amazing that is and how much fun that is. And it's so beautiful. And it took me, I was probably 38 before I realized that I like me. So probably a very late bloomer. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And how much, but then like how much fun it is catching up with the rest of the world, like catching up with all the things that you didn't miss, but you kind of missed by not, not understanding your own value. I know you love quotes and this is, this is one from me. I'm going to give you a quote of my own. Um, but it came from, (laughs) and I only wrote it down. I wrote it down because I was in a, uh, and it, and it goes exactly along with what you were saying, which is why I'm even bringing it up. I'm not just like, Oh, my ego needs me to tell you this. Oh, I need to hear Um, it though. However, it goes along exactly with what you were saying about getting knocked down and getting back up. I was having a meeting with one of my business partners the other day and, um, he's been through, he's been through enough of the things that I've gone through to know the pattern, 
right? So he's like, I've, I've started, bought, sold so many companies that I know where you are. Like I know what's next. And I just need you to trust that we're on this precipice and this is what comes next. And what we were going through in the moment was really, for me, it felt like a step back. And he said, it's not a step back. It's kind of like what you were saying. Like sometimes you scale back to grow and that's where we were. Mm-hmm. And I felt, it felt like a mini, I hate the word failure, but, it, but like it was a setback, yes. right? On my part. And I was like, dude, I am just done with this hurting. I am so done, like just being frustrated and sitting through this like heartache of watching my company up and down and up and down and this and that. And so many times it has to do with my personal experience, right? Whatever I'm going through at the moment and it affects all these different women because we have 3,200 women in our group, right? Yeah. And I'm just, I'm tired of like having that on my shoulders and feeling like I'm letting them down, blah, blah, blah. And so we kind of talked through it. And this is, this is what came out of that moment. And he goes, you need to write that down. And I said, okay, so we wrote it down, but it's success doesn't always come through pain, but painful experiences expedite that process. And if you open yourself up to feeling the hurt, you get further faster. And I was like, I have goosebumps again. I was like, Ooh, if you are a person, because success doesn't always come through pain. Some people truly are born with a silver spoon or some people like just get that lucky break and whatever. And not that they don't go through things, but some of us like kind of take the hard road, right. To make sure Mm -hmm. that 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 path is well paved for people behind us. I really think that's it. I think some people are like, we're just going to like totally do down the path. And some of us are like, we're paving this mother trucker for everybody else. You're welcome. That was a lot of work and I'm sweating and my hands hurt. Like it ends up being a lot. Yeah. But there was so much for me in that, like, nah, it can hurt. I'm going to be okay with the fact that it hurts now because I know once it's healed, it's so much stronger than where we started. And so like that, that for me, like I've been putting that in the front of my mind every time something I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I want to do that. That's going to hurt. Go, no, 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 no. It might open yourself up Mm -hmm. to the idea that that might hurt, but that means growth. And that's okay. And when I grow, my business grows. I'm with you. I love when people say things that I think just like everybody wants validation, right? I love that you're saying things. I think know your numbers, people. Dang it. Yes. Talk to new business owners all the time where (laughs) I'm like, listen, here's the thing. Yes. And here's the thing about it is I'm in a male dominated industry. It's like 98% male. And every time I go to a conference, no matter where it's at in the U S there's only male speakers. They have a women's panel every month or every uh, probably every three or four conferences. There's a women's panel. and It's only like four or five women. And I'm like last year, I'm like, I'm done seeing this, but it's always preached about to men. But it's a hush hush thing for women to know their numbers. And I'm like, women need to know this more on the same amount, you know, as men. And I and I know and I hear what they preach. Guys, you don't know this. And guys, you don't know that. And I'm like. I'm really good at that. I'm really good at that. You know, and it's like you can constantly see almost a gender play that even happens in the industry um, that I just I sit back and watch to a degree. Uh, a lot of that's changing and shifting over the last couple of years. But it's it's definitely I wanted to just say that because normally women don't hear know your numbers only that's usually generated toward men. Oh man, we pound it, especially within the inner circle. So like our membership group, women who are past startup into like a growth and maybe scaling phase eventually, Mm -hmm. but like definitely that growth phase. All right, we've got a foundation built. Now, how do we plan for growth? Like you cannot improve a number that you don't know. You can't do better than last quarter if you don't know how you did this quarter. And I'll say like, what are your KPIs? And they say, what's a KPI? Mm -hmm. What are your margins? Which margins? Yeah. 
God, I love you. And we have things to learn. Come on, let's go. Um, so <laughs> yep, that's, yep. I love that you, I love, like I yes. said, I love hearing like my thoughts come out of somebody else's, but like be intentional about your growth. Nobody wants yes. to be successful on accident. Let's all be successful mm-hmm. on purpose. Right. So in yep. that, in this, in this building, this last company, if you like, what's the first thing that comes to mind when I say like, what's been your greatest success moment? Um, oh, wow. Um, my greatest success moment would have to probably be my self growth. Mm-hmm. Um, because although the roofing company inspires me, it's a passion to, to almost live on the edge because I am in a male dominated industry. It's something I enjoy with a passion to kind of stand up against it and go after it. And, you know, um, be better than a lot of the males in the industry and show them by example, it is probably my self growth that I'm probably the most, uh, that I feel the most success in. Um, Because it's not monetary. It's not something, I mean, it's hard work. It's, it's really hard work. Anybody can go out and run a company by the numbers, by this, by that, but it takes heart to be able to change yourself. Hardest thing you'll ever do is change yourself. Um, It's change anything about yourself. And take the ego out of it and go, oh, I need to change because I'm not everything I'm supposed Humility to be. Humility mixed hard. with confidence. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, um, I have a, uh, when I graduated grad school, my sister gave me like a stemless wine glass thing that had an etching on it, but it just says stay humble and hustle hard. I love it. Like everything about that is yes. like that humility But also, and then recognizing for me, part of my self-growth was humility is not a lack of confidence. Humility is not, I'm lesser than, I'm not this, I'm not that. It's a lack of ego, but it's not a lack of confidence. So you can be confident and humble and work your ass off and all those things go together and it's fine. Like those, that that beautiful combination. And if you can find a woman who has all that, like that rising tide, like bring her along because we are doing things together for like women in general. That's my whole, that's my whole feminist spin, right? Like women stick together and change the man's world because that's what we need to do. So this has been absolutely fantastic. I (laughs) am dying at, first of all, how many of our speakers I've never met in person because so many of you are from Greenville. Second of all, how much I resonate with y'all and how the heck we haven't like magnetically come together somehow in this much time. But I love getting to know y'all because there's so much similarity between our last uh, interview was Deb Sofield, who does, she's the water commissioner and she's done all these speaking gigs and she's a phenomenal human. I was like, I feel like we're best friends now. Now we're done with this interview. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure Michelle and I are best friends now. Like yeah. these have been the most fun <laughs> interviews Absolutely. and y'all have been right in my backyard this whole time. And I <laughs> didn't even know. I'm didn't right even here know. on 123. Stop by and sleep. Right, like, we're like, right now we're not like, I could probably walk to you right now. We're not yeah. that far apart which is beautiful. That's amazing. So, um, I am going to do shameless plug the shattered glass symposium. If y'all love Michelle's story, if you want to come learn from her, come learn from her. She's going to come teach us, um, from the stage and with, uh, within a, a workshop. So y'all can actually come to learn directly from her. I don't think there's anything more powerful, um, with VIP tickets. You can come talk to her at a couple of our other events that we've got because we changed the date. So we're in October now. Um, Shameless plug, buy your tickets. If you go to powerhousepod.co, there is a link there to grab those. Michelle, love you, ma'am. You are absolutely amazing. And thank you so much for hanging out with me this afternoon. Thank you. It was an honor. It was a pleasure.
Thanks for listening to that episode of She's a Powerhouse. If you loved this, whatever platform you're on right now, why don't you go down and hit that subscribe button if you're feeling super nice. You can leave us a review, leave us a comment, and share us with other badass women in your life. 